Hello folks, I'm your host Dale Pollard, and I'm your co-host Carl Pollard, and you're listening to The Bible's Not Boring. It's a podcast, and it's aimed at proving its name with each and every episode. I think I'll have what I'm having. Noise. The year was 2016. Rumors and whispers had spread concerning a small group of U.S. soldiers who were attacked by a giant man in Afghanistan. Charlie 2-1, this is Charlie 2-0. Area is safe, no hostiles in vicinity, over. Charlie 2-0, this is Charlie 2-1. Copy that, over. They named it the Kardashian Giant. Well, excuse me, the Giant of Kandahar. While on patrol deep in the desert hills, they approached a cave. Suddenly, a man, or a monster, came running out of the cave, wielding a spear and yelling. It reportedly killed a man, and the troops, well, they pumped it full of lead and brought the creature down. Afterwards, they gave the reports, but the government covered up the incident and forced the soldiers involved to change their statements. Could there be any truth to this tale? Let's find out in today's episode. Well, you people have probably heard the old expression, some mighty big boots to fill or shoes to fill. And that is a mighty big boot. It just happens to belong... The gentleman who is my guest at this time, I'm talking about Andre the Giant. He is seven foot four and three quarters. He weighs 485 pounds. There is not another man in any professional sport as big as this man. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Bible's Not Boring. I am pumped for this episode. I was on the horn with Jeff Miller all week, and he was basically just begging to be on this podcast. I mean, nonstop. You know, uh, Dale, it's not exactly what he told me. You know, we were Snapchatting back and forth, and he was saying that he was trying to get a restraining order or something what, on you. What? 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 Are you kidding me? Bro, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I, I just Jeff Miller has a Snapchat, and I didn't know about it? Boy, you gotta give me that. Now, did you did you did you catch the part about the restraining order? Dude, or, or? dude, dude, please. J Dog, <laughs> he's got a doctor's sense of humor, and if you're not a doctor, you're really just not gonna understand it. <laughs> well Giants. Wow. I've been excited about this episode since the birth of this podcast, and now we're here, episode five, and it will have you on the edge of your seat. Amen. Carl, intro my man of the hour, please. So, Dizzle, this guy, crazy, lots of smarts, right? lots of brains, yes. lots of things, many, yeah. many, many brain cells upon many brain cells. <laughs> This dude's a biomechanical engineer with a BS degree in physical science from FHU. He's got a BS and MS degree in mechanical engineering from the University of Texas at Arlington with an emphasis in biothermal science, biotransport, 
phenomena and biomechanics, etc., etc. He holds a PhD in mechanical engineering from Auburn University with an emphasis in navigation and control of biological systems. Basically, the dude's got mind control and he can make any atheist a believer by pure brain power. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I ain't done. He holds a second PhD what? in classy mechanics and he wrote a book called So You Wanna Be a Ladies Man, Huh? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's right. Which basically, he writes that the ladies man gene is pure genetic and that you either have it or you don't. Oh, man, Jeff, he got Dude's game, crazy. That's what I'm saying. This guy's awesome. Uh, real talk, though. Thank you for listening to The Bible's Not Boring. And if you have any questions, if you have any comments, you can drop a line at myquestionjar at gmail.com. What's that? Myquestionjar at gmail.com. Hit me up one more time. Myquestionjar at gmail.kize. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dr. Jeff Miller, for real, though, thank you so much. Uh, for doing this for us, all the time and the effort that you put into this audio clip. It's professional, it's fascinating, and the Brotherhood is incredibly blessed to have such a knowledgeable yet humble man serving alongside us. God bless you and your family with many more years of faithful service to him. Thank you so much. All right, folks, grab your popcorn. Grab your crazy straws. Make sure you wrap your head in duct tape. Because Jeff is about to blow your mind. Some people have a hang-up with the Bible because the, it, the Bible will mention things like giants that they feel like makes the Bible just a book of myths and fairy tales. So is there actually evidence that giants have lived that would help vindicate the Bible and prove that it's not some um, fairy tale book or book of myths? But there's actually three different lines of evidence that converge to show us that giants, uh, giant humans have existed. There's biblical evidence, there is fossil evidence, and then there is what I would call modern evidence. And so I want to talk about each of these three lines of evidence a little bit more in depth. Concerning biblical evidence, first of all, we know that the Bible is inspired. It's not something that we have to take on blind faith because the Bible has characteristics that prove it to be beyond human capability. And we have a lot of materials at Apologetics Press that prove that point. I'm not going to get into that. But the bottom line is we can know that the Bible is inspired. And the Bible describes the existence of giant humans that have lived. And in fact, it actually describes these giants many times throughout our Old Testament. So the first time we see giants show up, they're described as, they're called Nephilim in the Hebrew. And we see them in Genesis 6, 4. Uh, with the translation being the word giants. And they're described in the text there in Genesis 6-4 as mighty men who were of old men of renown. Uh, we see that term Nephilim again in Numbers 13, verses 32 and 33, and they're described there as the descendants of someone named Anak. And so the Anakim uh, is used synonymously with the Nephilim. And uh, the Israelites describe these guys by saying, man, we're like grasshoppers to these guys. They're so big. You also see the term Rephaim and Emim to describe these giant humans. For example, in Deuteronomy 10, or Deuteronomy 2, verses 10 and 11, uh, where these individuals are described as being 
as tall as the Anakim and regarded as giants. And you can also see verses 20 and 21 of that chapter. Uh, the next chapter, Deuteronomy 3.11, we have a description of, a, of an individual that's King Og, who is described as a remnant of the giants. And his bed is described. He had an iron bedstead that was nine cubits. That's about 13 and a half feet long. Four cubits wide. That's about four feet wide. And so this bed is longer than two modern king-sized beds put together. Uh, so this guy could have been as tall as a short giraffe. Uh, also, you can look at verse 13 in that same chapter for reference to these individuals. Joshua 12, 4 and 5. Joshua 13, 12. Joshua 17, 15. Now in 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 7, you have this uh, description of Goliath. Most people have heard about Goliath from the Bible, who is nine feet, nine inches tall, uh, so basically as tall as African bush elephants. Uh, this is a big guy. Uh, many people don't know the rest of the story there that's told in Second Samuel 21, verses 16 to 22, where the family of Goliath, his sons and, and brothers, are also described there. They are men of great stature, the text says. In fact, one of them had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, the text says. So an example of polydactyly in humans where you have extra digits on your uh, hands or toe or, or feet. And then in First Chronicles 11.23, you have a description of an Egyptian who was seven feet, six inches tall. So many references to giants, uh, these these big humans. All right, so that's that's a lot of the biblical evidence. What about the fossil evidence? So evidence evidence from paleontology. Uh, well, that evidence, the evidence for for large humans, comes. It shows up in the post flood layers, the rock layers after the flood, and but before we think the time of Abraham. And I'm, I'm going to just read to you a section from an article that I wrote on this subject in Reason and Revelation, which is our monthly Christian Evidences magazine that we, we put out here at Apologetics Press. And the article I wrote was titled, Are Biblical Giants Mythical? Okay. According to evolutionists, giants are not a mythical idea. In a science podcast broadcasted by Cambridge University, well-known paleoanthropologist of the University of Edvardsfran, Lee Berger, was interviewed. Berger discovered the Australopithecus sediba and Homo naledi fossils. The podcast group had an opportunity to visit the fossil collection at the university where Berger is a professor for a podcast. While there, they discussed the fossils of the museum. In the article following the interview, editor Chris Smith said, one of the most interesting things that the fossil record reveals is that we went through a period of extreme giantism. These were people routinely over seven feet tall. They were huge. Berger said, You've probably heard the myth that ancient humans were tiny, and some of them were tiny. But as we moved through the period of 0.5 million to 300,000 years ago in Africa, which is a, a timeline that, that we don't accept here at AP, but this is what Berger's saying, they go through a period of giantism, he says. Berger then proceeded to show the group an example of one of the giant femurs from a species dubbed Homo heidelbergensis. Berger said, they are huge. That's so big we can't even calculate how big this individual was. 
Berger admitted that he cannot even gauge the actual size of the individual and so surmises him to be over seven feet tall. Smith responded to Berger, asking him if the extreme size could just be an abnormality, an exception to the rule. Berger responded, saying, no, because we found a lot of them. Everywhere we find them, we find them enormous. These are what we call archaic homo sapiens. Some people refer to them as homo heidelbergensis. These individuals are extraordinary. They are giants. So notice first that Berger acknowledges that homo heidelbergensis is definitely human, that is, homo sapiens, just ancient and enormous. Second, notice that, according to Berger, the fossils are not abnormalities. There was a group of these large humans. In case Homo heidelbergensis is not sufficient evidence, Rolf von Koenigswald of the Netherlands Indies Geological Survey discovered enormous jawbones in 1944. Announcing the discovery, Time magazine ran an article titled Giants in Those Days, quoting from Genesis 6-4. According to the article, quote, Koenigswald first found a big jawbone, which looked human, but was so massive that he thought it could not possibly be a man's. Then he found a still larger jaw, the biggest ever discovered, which was unmistakably human. Koenigswald named it Meganthropus paleojavanicus. Uh, Meganthropus is estimated to have been eight feet tall. Uh, Koenigswald's crowning find dwarfed even Meganthropus. He found three astounding teeth. They were six times as big as a modern man's molars. Weidenreich, who is of the American Museum of Natural History at the time, is sure from the pattern of their biting surfaces that they are definitely human. He has named this man monster Gigantanthropus. The giants, Weidenreich thinks, were not freaks. Taking a fresh look at the thick bone fossils of such other primitive humans, human beings as Heidelberg man, Weidenreich now believes that gigantism and massiveness may have been a general or at least widespread character of early mankind, end quote. So once again, we have evidence of enormous humans and not merely freaks, but potentially a widespread characteristic of humanity. Humans are definitely capable of enormous size. So that's a section from, from an article I wrote on the evidence from the fossil record. So there's biblical evidence. We have fossil evidence of the existence of these larger humans. And what about modern evidence? And now outside the biblical evidence, which I think is the strongest evidence because of the supernatural characteristics of the Bible, the modern evidence would be the strongest evidence after that, really, because we're finding the evidence of giants still being around in the last 100 to 200 years. So there's no fossil interpretation necessary uh, because we actually can still observe these individuals. Uh, now, you have individuals like the professional, professional wrestler Andre the Giant that was called the eighth wonder of the world. He was only 7 feet 4 inches, but the tallest man alive today is Sultan Kosin, 8 feet three inches tall so this is today this is modern times the and then the tallest human reliably confirmed is robert vodlow he died in 1940 he was eight feet 11 inches tall so essentially this is a nine foot tall individual that died less than 100 years ago so someone says well how in the world um, can this be possible that there can be people this big or even bigger in the case of certain individuals in the Bible? 
And really, this comes down to genetics. It comes down to, to genes. So think about this. The average height of a man in Indonesia today is 5 feet 2 inches, whereas the average height of a man in the Netherlands is 6 feet. So there's a 10-inch difference there that comes mainly down to genes. Although diet, nutrition, exercise, and sleep can affect size differences, but mainly this comes down to genetics. So God created a lot of potential for variety in all of the original kinds of creatures that he made. So, for example, the two dogs that would have been on the ark, that stepped off the ark, they apparently had enough genetic potential to bring about your foxes, coyotes, wolves, jackals, dingoes, and plus the many different varieties of domestic dogs that we have today. The humankind also has apparently included lots of variety from uh, what we call Homo erectus and Homo heidelbergensis, Homo neanderthalensis, Homo naledi, Homo floresiensis, the Cro-Magnon group, as well as the Homo sapiens. So there's a lot of potential for variety in the genomes that God made, including, in the case of humans, the potential for greater size. Well, we also now know some of the tallest men in recent times, we know why they were able to get to be so so big. Uh, they were tall because of pituitary gland diseases and tumors that affected their growth hormone levels, which eventually killed these guys, though these issues didn't always make them weak. Uh, the giant Edward Beaupre, who, who lived back from 1881 to 1904, was 8 feet 3 inches tall, and he was reportedly able to lift an 800-pound horse and was a strong man in the Barnum & Bailey Circus. So evidence from the uh, fossil record from the Bible and modern evidence shows these guys lived, and, and now we even understand more of why that would be. It ultimately comes down to genetics. So other questions that have been asked concerning the giants that I want to touch on, uh, it's been asked, hey, do you think the giants could have helped build the pyramids? Well, they could have. I mean, the pyramids were built after the flood. They're built after the Ice Age and likely before Abraham, we can determine that based on uh, which rock layers the pyramids have been built in, and they were built in sediment that was deposited after the flood. But keep in mind that the giants aren't as big as like, you know, the giant and Jack and the Beanstalk that's like 100 feet tall or something. The tallest giant mentioned in the Bible would have been roughly 10 to 13 feet tall, and so he would have been big and strong, but not not that strong, like you think of Jack and the Beanstalk giant or something. So slave labor could have could have built the pyramids, although the use of of beasts isn't out of the question when you consider, for example, from a biblical perspective, the dinosaurs would have still been around when the pyramids were being built, because this is immediately after the flood. Uh, but that's another another question. All right, another question that's sometimes asked, what other ancient historical writings might confirm the existence of giants, like the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, supposedly written about a real giant king? And yes, I, I, I think there are uh, evidences from historical writings about these individuals that are generally considered to be mythical, uh, but I don't know much about references to giants in 
all the other historical writings, although I would predict that they would be present in the same way that I would predict there to be mention of dinosaurs or the term dragon, since the word dinosaur wasn't around at the time. I would expect there to be mentions and discussion of the global flood if that happened, and I would I would expect there to be uh, uh, references to the Tower of Babel incident in historical writings, and each one of these predictions have been verified repeatedly all over the world from, from a diverse array of different cultures that proves, uh, gives solid evidence of the actual existence uh, or the occurrence of these things in the past. And so I would expect the same thing from the giants as well, and, and, and Epic of Gilgamesh may be a, a perfect example of that, although you would expect there to be um, exaggerations over the t- over time. You know, I, I caught a fish that was this big, and, you know, we might tend to exaggerate some of what we're seeing, but um, but you would expect there to be testimony of enormous giant humans in the past. Another question, some believe that giant bone discoveries in the 20th century were destroyed by the Smithsonian to hide the evidence. Uh, what do I make of the newspaper reports, and is there any merit to them? And so there are some of these kind of stories that have been around that I've seen uh, where um, there's supposedly these evidences, bones and so forth, of, of giant humans. I would be skeptical that anyone would destroy any of that evidence because, number one, we have giants that are roughly comparable to biblical giants around today, and so why pretend they didn't exist? And number two, even leading evolutionary paleoanthropologists are already on record acknowledging the fact that varieties of humans were giant in the past. And so I just wouldn't see a motivation for the Smithsonian or anybody else to really cover it up. Um, And so I would immediately, again, be skeptical of any of those kinds of stories. It's more likely that that they're probably fake stories um, unless it can be proven otherwise. All right, another uh, question. What happened to the giants? Could they still be around today? Well, again, we do have giant humans still around, but they tend to have diseases that decrease their lives, and so they're not healthy, and therefore they wouldn't tend to proliferate their genes and become widespread. And so we don't hear about about them living today very much um, because they, they tend to, to die out. And we also get hints from passages like 2 Samuel 21 that the giants were often popular targets in battle. And so we would tend to expect their numbers to be kept in check from that as well. All right, uh, one final question. Uh, Could Bigfoot legends be referencing the giants? Uh, Well, actually, I think those legends could be traced back to the Australopithecines, which were a group of ape-like animals that that were bipedal. They walked on two legs uh, that would have been on the ark because we find the remains in rock strata just after the flood strata, but they're gener- you know, Bigfoot's generally depicted as being a hairy ape-like bipedal, which actually fits with the Australopithecines. Um, but these, the Australopithecines, apparently went extinct before the Ice Age, though. Um, but at least, at least we don't find their fossils anymore after the Ice Age. And so, the people of Abraham's time probably didn't even see these guys, uh, since he likely lived after the uh, the ice age so the australopithecines are not humans they're just a separate group of ape-like bipedal creatures that apparently went extinct 
that could be what the reference is, the legends about uh, Bigfoot comes down to. Uh, so bottom line, there's, there's no evidence of mythical giants like the 100-foot-tall Jack and the Beanstalk giant, but there's lots of evidence of enormous humans. It's, this is not a problem for the Bible, and even evolutionists have to admit that. Uh, the Bible has attributes that prove it to be from God, and so if it says that there were 9 to 13-foot giant humans that lived in the past, then we can certainly believe it. Whoa! I'm guessing you learned a thing or two. I know I did. I'm gonna say something real quick. I know where giants came from and I can prove it. What? Dengue fever. That's right, dengue fever. That doesn't sound nearly as smart as what Jeff was saying. Hey, I don't need no PhD to know that if you get dengue fever and you're bedridden for a couple weeks, no, you'll have it. a growth spurt that you will not believe. It's what happened to me. Parents don't believe it, nobody believes me, but I'm standing by it. Dengue fever will make you grow. Okay, I think you're the exception to that, like Jolly White Giant. Dengue fever. No. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> Check it out. Anyway, hey, if you enjoyed that, if you if you if you liked what you heard, what Jeff had to say, he has a lot more to say on the Apologetics Press website, and he's also written a couple books. He speaks at Polish in the Pulpit. I mean, the guy has got knowledge beyond belief. It's unreal. You know that's right. But hey, thanks for listening, and if you liked it. Then uh, share it. Share it on uh, social media platforms and the like, or just by word of mouth. You know, just word on the street, word on the pew. Except the Pollard Boys has got a new podcast. It's called The Bible's Not Boring. You want to be a part of it, I'm sure. <laughs> Not many people know about giants, so if you found this interesting, share it with someone else. Yeah, we're dropping episodes every Tuesday evening. So be on the lookout for us, and until next time, we'll catch you later. On the flip.